Welcome back to No Beer Left Behind, special last call a dish. It's me, Brian, and Frank. Uh, Frank j- literally just walked away from his microphone. <laughs> Sorry, I uh, <laughs> I had to go close the gate so we don't have another armadillo incident. Oh no, I can't have another armadillo incident. I just it was saw like, that sucker walking in my neighbor's lawn. It's just perfect timing where I look up and mm-hmm. I see an empty microphone, an unoccupied mic. It's terrifying to see. Why is your camera not on? I can't see you. I'm, my camera is on, homie. I don't know what to tell you. It's oh, son of a bitch. It's literally up. I even got the wide angle lens so you can see all the mess around me tonight. Yeah. Let me. Uh, I mean, I'll, tr- yeah. I'll try to restart my. The the people don't need to know about our camera issues on a audio podcast. So no, they I'll don't. keep I'll keep they it don't. moving. Um, you know, it, 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 it feels so lonely. Yeah, I'm so lonely. I've got no body. Oh, so Ronry. So tonight, I am drinking a beer from Rar and Sons Brewery out of Fort Worth, Texas. It's called Mr. Wiggles. It's their Double Dank IPA. And it is doubly dank. <laughs> it is... It, I mean, this is way more... This is... Um, an absurd amount of hops in a beer. Honestly, yeah. normally I wouldn't go with this, but I only have one can of it, so I figured I'd give it a shot and drink it on a Thursday. It's IPA, is that what you said? Sorry. Oh, yeah. It's a double IPA at 9.2%. With you, o- ever, over. you ever do the deeper? That's what a double, I mean, it's an imperial IPA and double know, IPA, just, same thing. Isn't that kind of just annoy you, though? Well, you, oh, when people say deeper? Yeah. You know what really annoys me is when people say sippa for single IPA. Oh. And that makes me want to fucking put my nuts oh. in someone's face. I want to fucking headbutt a knife right now just hearing it the first time. Uh yeah. So I cannot imagine. No, I I, I just like to call it double IPA or uh Imperial IPA depending on how they label it, but this one is soup soups dank. It it tastes like hop hop soup. Would be the best way to describe it. It's pretty good nice. though. I, it's it, de- it definitely hides the 9.2% alcohol. It also might be the Brian Bourbon blend that I drank before the cast started, so that might have killed Uh-oh. some taste buds. I don't know. Possibly. I'm, I, I'm almost done with it, though, because it is really hot in this room. That's why I've got the fan on tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also had to do had – had to fix my – well, I had to diagnose a problem with our guest bathroom toilet. Uh-oh. Yeah, I had a $200 water <laughs> bill this month, <laughs> and <laughs> – I had to figure out why I was paying $200 in water at my house when I only run the sprinklers once a week. And methinks it's the guest bathroom toilet that is running 24-7. So, wow. Yeah. Especially during water restrictions, any sort of extra water usage hurts yeah, the they, old they bill. So I got to replace that this weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. Diagnosed it as the flapper, <laughs> not the valve or anything. So, anyway, Frank, what are you drinking well, on this evening? I am, I'm going to switch to beer here shortly, but I, it is National Rum Day today, August, whatever, 16th. So, I have three rums that I really enjoy sipping. Yeah. Um, one's a seven, the other's a 12, and the other's a, a 25. Now, 
You're talking numbers, know. you're talking about years aged in barrels, correct? Yeah, and, and I don't know, so it's kind of disingenuous to call things 12-year, 25-year rums, cause, or even scotches, even bourbons, or any any blended anything, um, or any, any aged distilled beverage will 100% always give you the oldest year of what's in that bottle. It is not telling you you're buying an entire bottle of 25-year rum. Unless it's single um, <clears throat> single barrel. So even some of the single barrels can can blend across the single barrels. So it's like the 5-year came from one barrel, the 10-year came from another, the 12 came from another. So it's very, very rare that... And Pappy Van Winkle claims that they do everything from one barrel. It's... That's it's kind of very, shit it's too. so hard to prove that it's not even, I don't know why you would make that statement. Actually, quite honestly, if you do that, you're kind of dumb because the 25 year is so concentrated and so sweet, it has to be cut with something a little harsher. Well, the other thing so, is you, you see people who start up distilleries, like I, I've brought up the Whiskey Tribe, the Magnificent Bastards with the uh, Whiskey Tribe there in Austin. Uh, their startup distillery that they're doing, they had a batch of of grain whiskey run out, you know, of, of uh, sorry, American whiskey run into barrels. I think they had eight different barrels or 12 different barrels. Each one of the barrels, like, so the same product went in, the same, you know, same proof product went in. Mm-hmm. And after, I think, three months even in the barrels, they had 12 different ABVs. <laughs> Oh wow! Twelve different, like twelve very unique uh, liquids that were sampled out of each barrel. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if you just simply think about it, right? Like the so this actually gets to the point that I was I was talking to you about earlier, Brian. Like, there's so much and and so many variables that you need to be able to somehow control that it's it's physically impossible to account for all of them when it comes to distilling. Yeah. So, so what you find when people do barrel aged distilling, I prefer, always have, always will, to look for brands that do Solera blending. And Solera blending is where the distiller goes and samples his product from youngest to oldest and decides on a blend percentage. And he'll do this for days and he'll fall upon a percentage that is acceptable. And that tastes like the product that he's looking to put out. <clears throat> and if you can find Solera blends, they're always more expensive than what you're going to be expecting now, for I something wanna, aged like that. I want to stop you there because I think either you might be confused or I might be confused. Because okay. the Solera blend is not blending across barrels. It's the same barrel blended with different years. Yeah, so so when I say okay, it's it's a it's a term of speaking. So well, no, I, I bring that up because you can do. Uh, there are some distilleries that take different barrels and different ages, and they blend them together in another barrel to let them mellow out together. So then that one barrel, uh, let's call it barrel barrel bottle, <laughs> the barrel that you'll bottle from is a blend of different years of of distilled spirits or beer even. But a true Solera method is you have a barrel. You fill it up with 
whatever you're putting in it. You let it age for, say, five years. Then you bottle that off. You bottle off, say, 20% of it. Then you fill it up either with an older spirit, which is not likely. You probably fill it up with a younger spirit and let that mellow for another two, three years. And then you bottle off 20% of that and you fill it back up with another with another fresh batch. So a Solera is a single barrel, a single a single vessel that you're bottling out of. And Got you're it. filling it with new spirit each time or new new product each time. It's done in uh brewing as well. I mean, that's what American Solera does. They find they have barrels and, and not all their beers are done this way, but they do a few Solera method brands. So so okay, yeah. I was mistaken. I I had understood it incorrectly. What I what I understood it to be was blending across in different ages. Uh-huh. But I guess that's something else. Yes. Um, so that's how uh, we were talking about Macallan. Mm-hmm. If they were to do a double sherry finish Macallan twelve, or a double uh, sorry double sherry cast Macallan, they would blend to the distiller's taste, and then they would add it uh, to another sherry cask and let it mellow together. To give it a, it a double finish, it would be different ages, different blends, uh, you know, a, a, a unique blend. But then they would mellow it together in the same uh, second barrel. All right. So yeah, I, I learned something because I, I don't know, for some reason had it like misunderstood. But well, I mean, to me, when I when I taste the Solera mixes or blends out there, scotches, mm-hmm. blends, whatever. They always taste more refined to me. Oh yeah, and always a lot less um, alcohol forward. Well, and the cool part about those Solera blends is that it's likely that you have you have liquid in there that has been aging for twenty plus years. Yeah, and for you to taste that in any other uh, package, you're gonna. It's usually it's overwhelming. We were talking about what happens if you leave something in a barrel for twenty years. Like it's just super syrupy sweet, but when you leave something in a barrel for twenty years and you constantly introduce new, new liquid, it takes on a completely different character. So, mm-hmm. and, and I agree. Those, the I think I've only had one Solera, like true Solera beer, and it's extremely unique. It's very good, but it's it's a it's a very. Um, at least in distillation, I've never had it in beer. I know they do it in wine as well, but in mm-hmm. distillation, it's a very good way to understand or to taste the um, the quality of the long term product that that distiller has produced. Absolutely. Um, so now, one of my favorite and go to Solera rums, which would be right in your kind of ballpark price range, Brian. Um, is Santa Teresa. Mm-hmm. And I know, so Brian will vouch to the fact that I've talked about Santa Teresa probably for like five years now. But Santa Teresa rum, recently, I think it was this year, was rated as the best price for what you get rum in the world. And it's now kind of taken off, which is really unfortunate because I used to be able to buy this shit for $36 a bottle and it's now like 45 Going on 50. Well, yeah. Uh, But, God, it's so good. And just absolutely, if you're a person who's never had, like, sipping rum, and all you've had is Bacardi or whatever, Uh, Santa Teresa, it's a 12-year, or uh, Boca. Baku. Baku. 
Another yep. twelve year, both from Dominican Republic, both absolutely worth it. That three sipping rum. Frank bought me a bottle of Baku for my birthday this year. And it was phenomenal. I had never had sipping rum. And as soon as I tasted it, I was like, I don't want this in anything. I don't want anything else in this. <laughs> like, I want a little cube of ice, and I want this. Because it tasted like liquid brown sugar is the best way I can describe it. There was almost <coughs> zero burn. It was so damn good. And, a- and when I found it, I found it again. I'm, I think that might be my weekend liquor store pickup this weekend. Nice. Uh, but it's-, it's it's reasonable. It's under $30, at least here in DFW. Uh-huh. So that one, that one will clock in right around twenty nine, thirty bucks, depending on where you get it. Yeah. Um, the the Santa Teresa, I I know it's going to sound stupid. It's worth the extra fifteen dollars, and it's definitely something that, like, I when it was thirty six, it was stupid. I would buy like two bottles at a time and just have them here because I knew it wasn't going to last. Yeah. And then last time I went, they bumped it up six bucks. I was like, okay, can other people stop buying this shit? (laughs) So um, I want to introduce this. And this is actually, this concept actually got me into the whiskey whiskey kick that I've been on. Okay? This is actually called, it's it's something that people (coughs) do with, do you think you're, I'm sorry, real quick. Do you think you're muting yourself when you cough into the mic? No, I, I didn't okay. myself. No, you, you haven't. Every time that you... Uh, like, I see on, you reaching on. for the mic every time you're coughing. Am I muted now? No. <laughs> okay, so I've, I've muted my mic. Um, okay. Anyway, don't worry about re- I just want you. To, I just want you to know that whatever you think you're doing, there you go. That, was, that worked. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I literally, like... I'm on my Mac. I'm yeah. not on my normal computer. And for some reason, the mute button on the Yeti doesn't work. I have to mute on Hangouts, which okay. is very strange. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you knew that we could now. hear you. I know <laughs> no, so uh, th- this method, this, uh, this theory actually got me into the bourbon kick and got me into mixing my own bourbon. So it's called a, uh, an infinity bottle. Okay. And it spawned from people who are, you know, drinkers, uh, liquor drinkers, spirits drinkers and especially high-end spirit drinkers, that, you know, once you get down to... I've got a bottle here of Bullet Rye. It's a little bottle, like a 375. But you see it's almost empty. So what uh, some people do is they will take this amount of of liquor and they'll pour it into an empty bottle. And then they'll fill it... and You know, they'll put other liquors that they enjoy of the same make and variety into that bottle until they have a full bottle. Because spirits that get down below like half, um, they tend to start deteriorating quickly. They'll start evaporating, and they'll start losing flavors. So, you 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 want to put it. You know, once you get liquor down below half bottle, if you have a smaller bottle, you can put it in, drop it in there. That way, you can keep the keep the liquid safe. Well, some people do. <laughs> Some people do, uh, like I said, what they what they call the infinity bottle, which is they take a bunch of like maybe three or four ounces of liquor, and they'll pour it into a bottle together, like a special liquors that they like, and they'll make a, basically a house blend, or what they call an infinity bottle. And what that bottle ends up being is, uh, say when Frank comes up for my birthday, we pull out the infinity bottle, and that's what we'll both have pours of. So it's a like it, it may have like 
if you want to do a bourbon bottle, it may have balcones and um, special, you know, limited release Jim Beam in there. Eagle Rare will be poured in there, and you know, it's like high end stuff that you enjoy, but it's all blended together, and it's something extremely unique. And then so every time you, you take a pour, you, every, every there's some people who take, like if you take a pour out, that you put a pour in. So oh. if we, you know, if we take two drams of the, the the Brian bourbon, then we put two drams in from you know whatever special stuff I have laying around. So, <coughs> so, okay. Here's God damn it! I keep forgetting I need to mute over here. I'm so sorry. It's, it's okay. Uh, I'm never using this computer again. Well, it's so, just that I see you reaching for that mute button. I'm like, nope, that's not doing anything. Okay, so here here's the thing. I think if you're a person that's into rum, and Brian, I don't mean to trample over your discussion. I I'm very interested in this kind of blending your own stuff. Well, I was going to say, you can do that with any spirit as long as it's the same type of spirit. So if you have, like, when you so get... Do you, do you keep track of... Sorry, do you keep track of what's in there? Some people... It depends on which method you want to do. You could treat it like a Solera bottle, and you okay. only keep, like, 30%, 30%, 30%, 10% uh, in there. Uh, so say you do 30, 30 Eagle Rare... 30 Jim Beam High Proof, 30 Bullet Special, and then 10% of McAllen, or whatever the fuck you want to, okay. you know, whatever you think of, like, Lafroig, you want some smoke in there. Uh, then the next time you take a dram, like, you drink it till it's halfway down, and then you keep those same, you know, statistics, 30, 30, 30, 10, and fill it back up. Okay. Or, or you can just do kind of what I did, which was take the stuff that you like, Pour yourself a little like mixed glass of it, like you know, take four bottles, pour into a glass, little uh, amounts at a time. Find the combination that you like, and then mix it into a bottle. Okay, I like that. I mean, you're you're sort of creating like a, a like a bulletproof old fashioned in some capacity, right? Like you're yeah, <laughs> you're blending everything, and then all you need to do is add some Angostine bitters, and you've got this like super interesting. Well, honestly, fashion if you've got bourbon or whatever. Oh yeah, but I, it got me thinking when you were talking about rum. You could definitely, I could definitely see you doing that with rum, and especially different Dominican types of rum. You could create yeah, a badass good. little blend, and I you don't like, that. like I, I I was looking around on Amazon because this is something that I thought about. I was like, this is, like, I could be into this. Like, this is something that I could do. Because <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. you can also take, like, the the blend that I made, it's, like, I think the most expensive bottle of bourbon that's in there is, like, $35. It's nothing crazy, but the blend that comes out of it is fucking, for me, is fantastic. Um, but I'm like, oh, because I was looking at little bitty bottles. Like, you can go down to, like, you know, the little sample bottles of 50 cent, you know, whatever, 50 centiliters, I think is what it comes out to. Basically a dram in a bottle. And they sell these on Amazon for like 50 cents a bottle. Nice. Or you can go up to like a 200 milliliter, like a little hip flask size. And so if you, you want to start small, you could do that. Or, I mean, shit. Like I said, that infinity bottle is kind of cool too. So every everything that you have laying around in your liquor cabinet that you obviously like because you bought, or you're, you know, you're wanting to buy again, and just pour a little bit of everything into a bottle and just see what the fuck it tastes like. <laughs> it's 
I don't know. That, that shit interests me. And it's, it, I think it's because I never thought about spirits that way. You know? No, and, you know, not to, not to get too far further down spirits, but the, the rest of society, I think people are starting to catch on to some of the spirits. But I think they're also, like, they're treating spirits like beer. Yep. In that it's, it's like, how would I put it, Brian? They try to Oops. hoard. They try to hoard the rarest of the rare, and then brag about the rarest of the rare without and any knowledge of knowing what the fuck they're doing. And that's absolutely not spirits. Yes, like, it shouldn't be, but it is. Just this week, McAllen opened up a new distillery. Okay. They opened up a new distillery. They released a special edition whiskey, only available at their distillery and in like uh, airports, which that's yeah. a whole different thing with spirits that I don't fucking understand. But anyway, it was only like 2,500 bottles. Each bottle was $650. Okay. They had over 300 people lined up outside their distillery. <laughs> and it caused like a traffic jam, and they were wow. freaking the fuck out. But I was like, no, this is some beer shit. This is, this is some whale bros with a lot of extra money <laughs> going so here, out. Here's, for, for people who aren't, right, like I feel like we have a lot of people who listen to this that are super into beer. And since it is National Rum Day, I think we can do a little bit of the spirits talk. Well, it's last the, call, bro. We can do. It is also last call, so we're shooting the shit. But when it comes down to spirits, like I, I have I've always been a person who – if, if I guide people in spirits, always go with um, – there's no clear spirit in the world that is going to taste better than an aged, barrel-aged spirit. It just is not possible. Um, vodka, whatever, it will never taste as good as like a $40 bottle of whiskey or rum or whatever. It's, those will always be more palatable. I would say $20 bottle of whiskey. <laughs> well, sure, but yes, when it, when it comes down to about. it for me, the reason I – I enjoy spirits, um, not not copious amounts. I mean, you get a get yourself a glass, pour a little bit, put some ice in it. Is there is a distinct difference in so spirits to me have a terroir, which is a like an earthy element that can't be replicated ac- across regions. That sort of wine has to an extent, right? So if you taste Caribbean rum. And then you go taste Venezuelan rum, and then you go taste like rum produced in Europe, and they all taste different. And the regions have different distinct flavors, and I don't know if it's different barrels that they use, or if it's it might be the sugar cane that has different levels of of um, sugar content and whatnot. But there's enough difference there to where you can taste differences um, and and sincere complexities in the distillation methods. So I. I enjoy spirits for that. Um, as a result, you don't need to go buy the most expensive bottle of spirits to have a great experience. So if you, if you truly enjoy um, like good rums and good whiskeys, there is no freaking reason to commit yourself to a $95, $200, $600 of any of that stuff. No. Um, start off, figure out first, like one of the biggest things is figure out blending styles. Um if you're a single barrel person, it's more than likely you're not going to like blended scotch. No, um, <laughs> no. So if if you're a single barrel, single malt, which is really what single barrel, right? 
single malt and single barrel are like the same thing, I believe. Um, anyway, wait, single. If, I'm sorry. What did you say? Single barrel and single malt are like the same thing. Right? No, single malt is just referring to there's no other. There's they they didn't receive the sugars for fermentation from any other method other than a single type of malt. Okay. Whereas even like Irish whiskey can get its can't get its fermentable sugars from both malts and corn, so malt and grain. Whereas okay. single single malt just just barley, one type of barley, and single barrel can be a mixture of grains, uh, or okay. it can be single malt, single barrel. So the uh, yeah, so I mean, if you if you if you tend to lend yourself more towards a single malt whiskey, mm-hmm. highly unlikely you're going to like blended. Though if you sure. like blended, you might like single malt. I I find blended to be offensive. Blended is disgusting. Yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> it's for somebody, but it's not for me. I can it's already tell me. you that right now. Not at all. I've I've had every time I have blended, I always think like, man, did I. Did I get the wrong? Nope, you didn't get the wrong anything. You just don't fucking like it, like, <laughs> dude. I've had Johnny Blue. I've had ugh. more expensive than Johnny Blue. It all sucks, and it all tastes like cough syrup. Dude, I so I, you know, I I, t- I take people through beer journeys on the regular, and I hear people. I see people's expressions when they taste something like a sour or when they taste. Uh, like a gozo for the first time, and they're like, "What the fuck is this briny shit that you're pouring into a glass?" Or better, an IPA, and the only thing they've ever had is Bud Miller Coors. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, like, "Oh, they just haven't—they don't have an experienced palate. They can't appreciate it." And then I tasted a blended whiskey, and I thought to myself, "Oh, they're fucking onto something. This is disgusting. <laughs> like, it's nasty. It's not—it's not meant to be." <laughs> and, like, and then I thought, I thought, well, maybe it's just me not ha- like having an undereducated palate. Mm-mm. And then I tried a single malt, and I was like, "This is fucking great!" Like I, th- it, to me, the happiest I have been drinking something in the last year, honestly, was drinking that Glenlivet. Like this is fucking great. Like I can, yeah. I can drink this. I mean, I don't want to say I could drink this every day because that sounds like I have a problem. But like I could drink that on the regular and be perfectly like I could be happy as shit. You know, and and <clears throat> that's in distilling. It, it is those experiences come they're few and far between which yeah. is why when people find their brand they stick to it um, so it's I I know my brand of rum for the price that I pay and it's Santa Teresa until it becomes too expensive but for the time <laughs> being um, that's what I enjoy and actually I never even stated what I had which is not yeah. one sorry so not to do a beer <laughs> so um, I had the my second favorite, and the only reason it's not my favorite is because it is prohibitively um, costly. Uh, it's called Optimus Rum. Yeah. It is from Santa Domingo. It is a true 25-year rum, but it's not It's not 100% 25-year. Um, but it, it is, from what I recall when we went to the distillery, it's like 40% of the bottle is 25-year rum. Yeah. So it tends to be on the sweeter side. Um, it's, it's delicious. There's just... Nothing like it that I've had before. It's got that perfect. Um, it's it's it coats your palate, but it's a clean coat. It's not like a super sugary multi coat, right? And then it 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 finishes with like this dark date flavor that's just phenomenal. Uh, maybe even a little bit of like rotten banana in there too. It's it's so fucking good. 
Um, uh, I fucking I I I like rum. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think that's also probably why I like bourbon too, because they share a lot 100%. of similar characteristics. It's a very sweet. It's a sweet beverage when you drink it neat. A hundred percent. And bourbon bourbon can be a little bit more sour, which I think is what some people like. Yeah, I was gonna say um, it. it I feel yeah, bourbon does have a lot more characteristics, and it's probably because rum doesn't have any wood aging uh, parameters. They can age it on whatever the fuck they want, whereas bourbon has to be aged on on American oak. You're on, not on. You're, oh, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean. <laughs> Damn it, <laughs> <It's> good. <laughs> uh, rum doesn't have any uh, limitations on what what can what it can and can't be aged on, whereas bourbon. You have to age it on fresh American oak, and that imparts, I think someone said like 70, 80, 90% of the flavors that come out of bourbon are all coming from the wood. That's why when you have a really long-aged bourbon, it tastes super woody. Or like me, I bought a bottle of what they call double oak Jim Beam, where it's Jim Beam aged in oak, and then they take it out, blend it together, and they age it on oak again on new oak twice and it tastes wow. like I'm licking a two by four. It is intense. <laughs> I know like to put it in perspective, uh, I was looking at the, I think I talked about the one gallon barrels. I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast or at work cause I've been talking about it a lot, but I talked, I looked at like a little, uh, no, it was what do you mean? one gallon is a one liter barrel oak barrel that you can put on your like countertop mm-hmm. and you can age uh, like basically moonshine in it. And, it will like within a year. It's the equivalent because it's so small. It's the, the contact time with the wood is the equivalent of five years on oak. <laughs> so if you put a clear spirit in within twelve months, it will come out looking dark brown. <laughs> it's crazy Damn. the exchange of not only color but flavors in and out of that wood. So, so did you uh, read about the origination of bourbon? Uh, yeah, I mean I've been doing some some light research and. I, I'm a, I, so here's the deal. After, after passing the old certified Cicerone, like I've been thinking, what the fuck am I going to do? Cause I have to keep learning something or else I'm going to get incredibly bored and do stupid shit. So I've been thinking, do I go down the whiskey trail? Like I went down the beer trail. Um, like I, I, I would do, I personally, I would do wine before I did. Whiskey. But, but see, <sighs> I don't have the interest in wine that I have with whiskey. And here's why I say that. Here's why I say that. Because what intrigued me about beer is that anyone can make beer. Literally anyone can make beer. Mm -hmm. And you see that when you go buy some beer from some small breweries. (laughs) You're like, shit, anybody can do this. Uh, But whiskey is similar in that it doesn't require you to be in a certain part of the world to make the product. Wine, you 100% have to be in a certain part of the world to make the product. Like, there's no there's no way around it. You can't say, oh, I'm going to make a Pinot Noir in Kansas. It doesn't fucking happen. <laughs> so I think that's what is like causing me to not get into wine in the same way. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, you certainly can't make wine anyway. So. Uh, well, anyway. So I uh, I cracked open a, open a Founders Premium Lager, which Brian, I feel like okay when you go to Total Wine, which is probably the only place you're going to find Santa Teresa for a reasonable price. I still right? can't find it. I I looked for. I was with you on the phone one day looking for Santa Teresa up here. 
Well, if you if you go to that link, they will tell you which total wine in your area sells it. Okay. Well, you talk about you talk about what you're drinking and t- tell me more. And so, I'm research. Um, yeah, I'm. You should also pick up some Founders Premium Lager. Founders Premium Lager. Yeah, it it is absolutely worth it. I I cannot believe how amazing this lager tastes out of a can. Um, yeah, it's just Founders, man. It's we had our discussion about our favorite breweries, and they are they're solidifying their spot above. Uh, Firestone Walker for me. Uh, I love Firestone Walker. Yeah, Firestone, the availability of Firestone, especially in your area. Well, I can't vouch for your area, but um, I know Founders is probably more readily available. Also, it does look like the Denton location of Total Wine has the Santa Teresa 1796 for thirty six ninety nine. I'm thinking that might have to get picked up tomorrow. It's a good call. So, what I'd like to do, we should pick it up. I know you know why I love it, but give me an honest thought on that run. Because I've only gotten sadder as the cast has gone on tonight. Because I looked it up to kind of figure out where in my area I can get it for reasonable. Because I've been been paying like 45 Which, that's what a small liquor store can charge for that. Well, yeah. I was going to say, even if I go to Goody Goody, it's probably going to run me $40. So, when it comes down to my situation i'll probably go to total wine and buy two bottles of it so i have it <laughs> before the prices go up because i feel like total wine probably has a negotiated price for the year yeah well they're buying them already they're buying in bulk <laughs> they're not they're buying in bulk, but yeah so anyways um as i was looking up this rum i've only gotten sadder because it's becoming like all the recent reviews for it Mind you, I, I discovered this in New York. So that was, what, like four years ago, five years ago? The the recent things coming across the wire on all these review sites is, like, from May. Yeah. This was right after this thing won the double gold in New York City at the National Spirits Festival. So it was like, I just, why did that have to happen, Brian? <laughs> why did that have to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it won gold in the 2007 Ministry of Rum tasting competition. (laughs) What the (laughs) hell is that? You know what we should have? We should have, like, the Society of Beer tasting competition. And everyone everyone send Frank, Brian, Parker, Troy, Willem, and Jay uh, all their beer, and we'll judge which is the best. Okay? And it will be sanctioned. No beer left behind sanctioned judging. So you know it's legit. And the um, bottles of beer with the most money attached to them will get a prize. Not going to guarantee medals because that would be cheating. But, you know, we can be bribed easily. We can at least least guarantee a... A place. um, You'll place. I'm not going to say you'll show, but you'll place. uh, We'll get you a no beer left behind... Um, Yeti koozie, <laughs> golden mic trophy. Okay, yeah, that's good. That's good. You send us a small selection of beers, and we'll give you a, a golden, a fist of mic trophy. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that, uh, Frank. I have actually switched over to my second beer of the evening, and I wanted to discuss it real quick because I think you might be interested in it. So this is Tin Roof Brewing Co. 
out of Baton, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This is called Parade Ground Coffee Porter. So that's exciting. It's coffee and a porter, two of your favorite things. So, um, how dark is that beer? Oh, it's fucking. Like it's, it's not black. It's actually brown. Uh, it's hard to see in the camera here. It's not as black as you would think. It is a brown. I would say it's a brown porter as a base, and then the coffee added to it definitely helps it. And how, uh, how espresso y is it? Uh,. You know the foam that happens at the top of the espresso? Mm-hmm. It's like drinking that. Oh, okay. It's actually so it's like a delicate. Nice light. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the coffee's still there for sure, but it's it's pleasantly mellowed. Now, yeah. I say that because I looked. When I first tasted it, I was expecting a lot more coffee out of this beer because it is a porter. It's lighter in body. So I was expecting the coffee to come through nice and heavy because it's also not very high in alcohol at least i'm assuming i don't see it anywhere on the can what the abv is i would say the abv of this beer is like five six percent maybe okay. um just from tasting it but i looked and i was like oh it tastes kind of thin and the the even thinner for a porter and the coffee is not really there i looked on the bottom of the can this thing was aged back at or uh, bottled back in january mm-hmm. so, so this has held up incredibly well <laughs> <laughs> I mean, surprisingly incredibly well. It, it, it that's really, if nothing else, it's a testament to their brewing practices and their packaging line. So good on Tin Roof. This is the, I think this is the first Tin Roof beer I have. I have a uh, River Rose, which is a rose sour in a can, and I'm gonna crack open sometime soon. But this thing is fucking tasty. I am, I'm happy about this. I didn't take a picture of it for the gram, so I'm gonna have to make some shit up later. But that is good, <laughs> especially for being a eight month old beer. So mm-hmm. good on them. So um, Brian, here's kind of an interesting. Uh, I don't really know how to bring this up, but I was I was working today. Oh my god! Holy shit, Frank! Did it hurt? <laughs> It was very difficult. Um, <laughs> no, but what I was going to say is the you you all are you're only American, right? Like you just have a, an American workforce. No. Uh, oh, you mean like that we call on for help and everything else like that? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. Okay. So obviously, where I work, we have offices worldwide, and one of our main development development centers is in India. Okay. And absolutely love like working with that team because they're always very gung ho about getting shit done. So um, it's very refreshing compared to most of the American like twenty year olds who think they're like the shit. Yeah. So so I quite enjoy working with them because you you get things done and they're humble and it's nice. Well, <clears throat> today we got a message and it was just unusual because I wasn't really sure what to think about it, but um, the former Prime Minister of India, um, the guy's name was Adil Bihari Vajpayee, passed away what I guess would be tonight, their time yesterday. Um, So passed away. And the country declared seven days of mourning with (laughs) vacation in schools, government offices closed, um... That's pretty intense, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah. Is that why our flags are at half staff today at work? <laughs> you think? Because no one can figure it out. We just think that the maintenance guy got tired halfway up the pole. <laughs> No, I have no idea why your flags are half staff. <laughs> it literally was a thing in the company today. We were like sending texts to each other. What the fuck is this? Oh, maybe Mr. Head, Head of Ship. Company is a massive Johnny Franklin fan. Yeah, this would have been before she passed away. Mm. You never know. It came out at like 10 o'clock in the morning. So, I mean, I got, the, the I, got early... the, I got there at 7.30 and I were down. <laughs> There's a possibility okay. he got the call last night. He was like, hey, they pulled the plug. This thing's only a matter of time to go ahead and lower them. Our, out of R-E-S-P-E-C-T, please just go ahead and lower that flag. <laughs> they called Stevie, then they called me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that, that seven days of mourning. Yeah. That's some shit right there. Like Colleges, high schools, like everything's closed. India is shut down for seven days. You heard it here first. How many people live in India? Like what? Just a hundred thousand. Six of the world. <laughs> a billion people just no. doing nothing for seven days. Crazy, no? That's like, fucking insane. But at India wage scales, it probably cost them at least five bucks. Uh, yeah, maybe six fifty, dude. Maybe six fifty. Possibly six. <laughs> That's Huge crazy. economy in India. I don't Huge see economy. I don't see that happening in America ever. I don't even think if George Washington were reborn and then died again that America would have that sort of grief and holdover. <laughs> With our current president, he'd probably rescind someone's security clearance just to get the spotlight back on. <laughs> just to, <laughs> just <laughs> to make sure no one's fucking with him. <laughs> like it's great like, that George Washington's here. He can't look into the files, what? can he? Guess what, George? I'm rescinding Barack Obama's security clearance. <laughs> okay. All right, I guess. I don't know why you would do that. And I'm still going to die. So. <laughs> I'm, <clears throat> I'm still 300 years old. I don't know. Modern science is a real motherfucker at this point. <laughs> You're not dying on my watch, George. Why are you keeping me alive, Don? Just wanna, I don't like you. <laughs> just want to die. <laughs> just let me die, Don. Oh, man. Yeah, so I uh, I found that kind of interesting because I... Listen, I'm sure he was a fantastic man. He he did. He brought democracy to India, so he definitely was a... That's positive. A big, yeah, so big, huge difference, but... Um, yeah, yeah, but did he, he ever put out? Did he ever put out 111 episodes of a fucking podcast? I think so. Sit down, sit down. That's you know what I mean? True. It's you know very I mean? true. I mean, <laughs> you know, who can really say who did the greater good here? Yeah, it's still too. It's too soon. I think for us, it's too early you know? to tell. You can't. You can't put a price on what we've contributed <laughs> to society. Not Brian. Um, <laughs> I, I think what we're trying to say here is stay tuned. <laughs> There's a lot more content to come. Also, if you were one person listening to the cast last time and you really thoroughly enjoyed our last call episode and you enjoyed the, <laughs> uh, the cast this week. I don't you, like I don't like where this is going. <laughs> you will have um, probably recalled and probably um, are sitting on the edge of your seat. To I figure swear to out, God, Frank. <laughs> uh, 
um, <laughs> whether or not the uh, the dog that I adopted has oh, uh, okay. assimilated to the family. Okay. I'm happy to announce yes. Okay, good. Um, That's good. He's done well. I'm also happy to announce that yeah. my uh, my dog Earl yeah. really oh. likes him. Okay, cool, um, cool. That's great. I thought you were going to go someplace completely different with that. Well, so they like to wrestle, Brian, and it's yeah. like Earl's turned into this young dog. Yeah. Additionally, he really has taken to uh-huh. um, the back seat of that Hyundai Sonata God. that I've got for sale. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to park uh, with that for uh, ten and a half, but... 3.29. Um, I need you to send me a picture of that fucking six car. Six years. I need you to send <laughs> six years. It's gonna be real hard. But send me a picture of that car. To. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on photoshopping a sale sign on the on the front windshield, and I'm posting that shit to the Instagram. <laughs> I'm just saying, Lionel is gonna be real pissed when that car goes because he loves the backseat. Really taken to it, huh? He has. He has taken to that backseat. You know. I really enjoyed how I led you on there, and you knew it was coming. But oh, you yeah. just weren't sure how. Yeah, I wasn't sure how it was going to twist and wind its way into the conversation, but it just shit right in the middle of the road. It did. It did. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, god. Speaking so, speak, speaking of Hyundai Sonatas, <laughs> uh, uh, my cousin Cody listened to the last cast where we were talking about. Oh, fuck, Mrs. Friend. Brian's friend, <laughs> and uh, and her Hyundai Sonata woes, uh, and Cody was like, "Hey, all she needs is X, Y, and Z." I was like, "Dude, are you coming back down here to fix this damn thing?" Because I I have limited technical abilities here, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, "No, it'll be fine. You can you can figure out how to install it. It's just this, this, and this." I'm like, "Dude, okay." Also. I don't have access to the car, so it may be that the fucking window is just like out of its track. I don't know. It was pouring down rain the last time I saw her. He was like, "Nah, it'll be an easy fix." So, Mrs. Brian's friend is coming over this weekend, and if the car, if the window is still fucked up, I'm gonna take my chances with it. I'm gonna try to fix it, whether she wants no, me to or no. not. <laughs> you better be careful and not break any of those door clips, dude. Those things are okay. Like- Okay, no. I'm gonna get. To, I'm gonna break down big door for you. Okay, door clips are bullshit. They're just body clips. They literally cost seventy cents. You okay. can replace them for next to nothing. But it's something that every car manufacturer is like, dude, dude, whoa, whoa, whoa. you break that. They act like it's breaking the seal on a freaking phone case. You're like, oh, once you break that, whoa, the engine's done. Like you're fucking, you're done here. You you might Brian, as well sell the car. I'm gonna take big car's word for it. And and big, don't break the door clips, Brian. I'm going to break the door clips on your Hyundai Sonata. Oh, I don't even want to hear that. That's it's, I know, blast you're devaluing speeding. the car as we speak. Well, it's going to take it down to a cool, what, 34000 35000 Is that what you're selling it for right now? Or are you trying to... No, Brian, get the price right. Ten and a half at three two five. okay? Okay, I don't, I don't even know what that means. Um, Six-year term. Six-year term? Yeah, that's good. I feel like, like someone's it's like term. It's like term life insurance. If you pay it off, you die. I think someone's getting fucked here, and I'm not real sure that it's not 
the listener. <laughs> it's big dealership. Big dealership. Get the, the, the profits between you and I. <laughs> Who's big dealership and big finance got nothing on this? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> just uh. saying. I'm just saying. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to go buy a couple more cars with that eleven and a half. Okay. I'm going to sell those. Are you into flipping cars right now? <laughs> so what I'm going to do? No, 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 no. Even better. I'm going to take all of those loans, probably thirty of them in the end. I'm going to package them together. Thirty of them. <laughs> I'm going to package them together. I'm going to send that package anonymized, of course, to China off to the ratings agencies. Okay. Get a triple A rating on them. And then I'm going to start slicing and dicing. You know, put them in portfolios, sell them to old retirees. <laughs> oh, I don't feel like that is safe or legal. Oh, it's very legal. Whether or not it's safe is really up to the investor, Brian. So if I can find <laughs> someone to purchase it. I feel like, I, I, I feel like, I feel like anyone talks to them, they're not going to be down with this. <laughs> well, I'm not going to sell it like that. Oh, I'm going to okay. tell them... You've got a premium return here. If you talk to anybody about this, dollars investment, the deal's off the table. <laughs> I'm just saying, Brian. I've got I've got a big plan here, and um, you're kind of shitting on the parade right now. It sounds like it's a triangle plan. If I'm honest, I'm not real sure how they work, but it might be in the shape of a triangle. Do these people have to get other people involved? Well, it's not. This is not a pyramid scheme. This is no, like no. Much more, much more akin to the uh, the mortgage crisis circa two thousand eight. So, um, oh well, if you haven't thought about a pyramid scheme, Frank, may I suggest you do that? I've heard those are all the rage with the retirees. So, if I have a car and I have two cars below me that I can sell, <laughs> now we're talking shares of, yeah, and then they sell shares in their car and uh-huh. five cars below them, uh huh. And then and they drive. I believe. I believe they call that my downline. Yes. And then, and we'll call it the drive and, shaft. We'll call it the drive shaft. Keep we'll it call car. It the drive shaft. And, and then my religion. upline. I am the upline as well. So I'm right. really what what they would call the main main. You're and, you're the you're. The, <laughs> God damn it! No, you're the fuel injector. Okay. Everybody's upline injector. ends with me. Uh huh. Yeah. I like this. That's okay. good. That's good. So why did I say drive? They drive Uber, right? They're, well, yes, that's what I was going to say. That's what you do. You like everybody in the downline pays a piece of that car, and then they also share in the driving responsibilities where they drive for Lyft or Uber. Okay. And then the car like basically that. pays for itself. And then it's not even a Ponzi scheme at that point. Really, it's just business. Really, it's just business. W- what I'll do is I'll get a bunch of other rich old people. Uh huh. I like it already. I think this is a really good idea because what we've got here is I'll t- we've I'll, got. Hold on. Let me let me turn the recording off real quick. Okay, it's it's done recording. Now we can really get into the business of so it. So we've got we've got really poor. I didn't save anything for retirement. Old people, baby boomers. I like it. And then we have the oligarchy of that baby boomer society, right? Who. Like don't want to pay out Social Security and Medicare and all that shit. So yeah, this gives them the ability to create an investment vehicle where they don't really lose money, but create a a a a fiefdom of 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 serfs that drive their vehicles around, generating income. Yeah, yeah. Thus, right. I mean, this is like a major MLM scheme, but it's perfect for. Old people. <laughs> Old people have no retirement income besides Social Security. So 
I like it. I feel. How much are we skimming off the top? A good ten percent. I would go twenty just to make okay. sure that we can pay our lawyers and stuff. You know, to keep it on the up and up. Okay. We, we like take it. what it is is we don't take as much at the front end because we're gonna rake it all in in the back end. You know what I mean? That's per usual. That's per. Or actually, I guess we we're taking a lot on the front end, so we can also rake it in on the back end. Well, we gotta wet our beaks on both ends. Yeah, you don't want you don't want your back end to run dry. You know what I mean? <laughs> you gotta Absolutely, keep, you gotta not. keep that back end lubed up nice. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it. it there's nothing worse than raw dogging. Oh no, um, especially in a pyramid scheme. <laughs> Ask Parker. Ask Parker and his rodent fields or whatever he got mixed up in. Yeah, he stuck with a bunch uh, of essential oils and no buttholes to rub them on. Nope, he didn't. He he's still sitting with the product in his freaking basement. <laughs> Lavender essential oils. That's all he's got. No one that's wants lavender. They told him that's all he needs, so that's what he said. At least if you have clove, then you can make a bubblegum smell, you know what I'm saying? But no, not with lavender. You stuck with that. Um, this just in breaking news, Frank. Are you ready for this? Remember a couple of casts ago, I uh, broke the 2500 mark on Untapped, mm-hmm. and uh, Mrs. Brian threatened to divorce me? Well, because she doesn't listen to the podcast, I can say this. I've been on tap now for five years. <laughs> I got the Whoa, cheers. That's, a, that's almost two beers a day reviewed on Untapped. Yeah, that's since 2013 I've been on Untapped rating beers. Sheesh. That's a long time. Frank, if I pass away, I want everyone on Untapped to take a seven-day holiday where they do nothing but just sit back and remember... All of my contributions on Untapped. I think that's the Brian, least. That's the least people can do. Damn it, the li- Brian, literal I'm, least. Are Are you actively shitting on India right now? Are you making fun of the continent, the subcontinent of India? No, no. As a matter of fact, I'm. If anything, overselling myself and my own contributions. <laughs> okay, I was just being. I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah. No, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I feel like if ever you could get to the status of seven days of mourning. You probably also get sainthood in whatever religion you're a part of. Right? What like, if it's my own religion and I'm already a saint in that religion? Um, what, what, what do I become I mean, then? You, just, you won't have anybody to build shrines after you. So it's, de- <sighs> declaring a yourself a saint is also kind of pompous, isn't it? Well, that's my religion. <laughs> is oh, Pompeity. <laughs> yeah, you're just a bombastic <laughs> asshole. Yep, and there's a few of us that are out there, and okay. uh, we all really appreciate ourselves. It's a good point, though. How do I get people to build statues of me, and how do I reappear on pieces of toast later on? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, how does that happen? Roll a two-ton stone away and get out of Dodge. Or. You pull the greatest magic trick of all time. After you die. Have you have you seen? Have you, do, you, have, do you watch Arrested Development? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, Job, one of the characters on Arrested Development in the newer seasons, <laughs> he uh, shacks up with this super uh, Christian chick, and he, he Job is a mu- is a magician, so he's always doing these shitty magic tricks. Mm-hmm. He shacks up with this Christian like eighteen year old girl. <laughs> And she's obviously a virgin, and that means that Job has to have her. So he like basically commits to all this random bullshit just to have sex with her. <laughs> and one of the things, like he's like, "I will absolutely marry you." <laughs> and then he 
he's like he get, her dad's like a pastor at a church or some bullshit and he builds this elaborate escape like scene uh, a trick he builds this rock and he's dressed in white robes and he's all shackled going into the like has these guys dressed as roman soldiers lead him in to this cave that he built anyway he gets locked in the cave basically <laughs> <laughs> can't get out <laughs> like his trick is sabotaged anyway it's a whole thing it's very funny you should definitely watch it yeah I, i'll need to get into it i've not seen oh. i think i saw the first two videos. oh dude arrested development is flipping hilarious i know jay watches it you know used to watch it religiously and uh he his enthusiasm got me to watch it more and more. It's very very funny. If you like the Office type humor, like the first seasons of the Office, mm-hmm. very similar humor, very very dry. <laughs> like you have to catch it sometimes. Damn it! <laughs> oh, good. It went almost a whole cast. The ten oh eight's coming through just in time, right on time always. Union Pacific never late. Now, uh, it, yeah, if you like the Office type humor and yeah, some of the drier shit. Arrested Developments, your 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 Gucci gang. Anyway, I'm assuming the uh <laughs> Yeah, so the train there's one more honk that it needs to do. I know the pattern. Oh okay. There, there it is. The last okay, we're good now. Well I was gonna say uh I'm I'm getting ready to uh head off to the old sack races of uh nap time because I have to be in Dallas early as shit in the morning. Well it's a Friday. Yeah, we got a sales meeting, and uh, also I have to present uh, beer styles to emerging certified cicerones, so they can go take their exams uh, in October. So, please. Yep, I'm uh, presenting New England IPA tomorrow. Pretty stoked about right. it. It's gonna be fun. Anyway, well, good luck, Brian. That sounds like a uh, pretty tough commitment. I mean, you get to taste the beer as well. I I don't know actually uh, I'm not I'm not bringing any classic styles because we can't get any in distribution down here so uh, I'm just gonna talk through it. it yeah anyway all right so I'm kind of bummed that we didn't have more people on I was hoping that uh, maybe Parker would be able to join us or Villem and Troy sound like they're having some uh, storm outages it sounded like the entire Tulsa was out of out of life <laughs> I don't know I hope, I hope they make it through tonight yeah. although I will say it didn't sound like Troy was having problems living it just sounded like he had... Tulsa. well Troy wouldn't know he was stoned out of his mind so there was no way that he would know if he had power or not right so <laughs> anyway so dark in here <laughs> open your eyes Troy oh shit okay oh god it's still dark <laughs> turn the light on Troy <laughs> anyway uh, we thank you for joining us on this special last call it was very fun. I hope you uh, hope you come back and see us. I hope you tell some friends. Be sure to check us out over on Twitter and Instagram at NoBeerLeftCast. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode, even when we do these super fun special last calls. And if you have any beer suggestions, anything that you want us to try, anything you want us to review, uh, let us know. We'd love to hear from you, okay? So for Brian here in North Texas, until next time, I'm out. Uh, for Frank in far, far southeast Oklahoma City, um, thank you for putting up with uh, gin and rummy tonight. <laughs>
Have a good night. I'm out. Beep.